You're listening to The Active Lifestyle Marketer, brought to you by Tiger Creative, the creative agency for active lifestyle brands. Find out more at tigercreative.com. Welcome to The Active Lifestyle Marketer, a podcast dedicated to bringing industry experience and insight into marketing and active lifestyle brand. Whether you're a travel and leisure, fitness and sport, or a health and nutrition brand, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other active lifestyle brand executives, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Active Lifestyle Marketer. Today on the show, we're excited to have Bill Driscoll, founder of Total Body Fitness on the show. Bill, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Zach, for having me come and talk to you today. Yeah, so for a little context for our audience, why don't you give um, a little backstory behind Total Body Fitness, how you guys got started, um, and and really what the company is. Well, the company got started basically from my passion for um, originally the sport of triathlon. I was in the hotel business working long hours, moving up in the food chain in the hotel business, and had just gotten promoted to uh, an upscale job at a a big resort hotel in Berkeley and realized that it was going to eat into my training and racing time. So I moved to Sacramento and started teaching aerobics which got me into personal training through the American Council of Exercise, which forced me to open Total Body Fitness, which at that time was Sacramento's premier personal training company. Uh, That was my main source of income at the time. And I got associated with Leukemia Society of America who had a program called Team and Training that was training marathon runners. And that was a little further up my alley because of the the running involved. So I started coaching their team and at the same time convinced my high school friend and partner Mark Shaw to come up and join me in the business. After that, for a couple of years of training marathoners, we realized we could do the same thing and train people to compete in triathlons. So in a sense, I was training triathlons or training triathletes while I was racing and training myself, living my dream of doing triathlons full time and getting paid for it, even though I wasn't a professional. And that's how Total Body Fitness got involved in, in multi-sport events. Uh, after we started training triathletes, we realized there wasn't a whole lot of triathlons in the Sacramento region. So in 1998, we put on the first Granite Bay Triathlon out at Folsom Lake. And from there, we just kept adding more races, Zach. Every year, we came up with another duathlon, another trail run, another place to put on a triathlon. In 2001, we took over the Try for Fun series that was originated by Sally Edwards and was run by the Fair Oaks Fleet Feet Gang. Um, a couple of years after that, we added a USAT Olympic Distance Try for Real on the Sunday after Try for Fun. And a few years after that, we took over the Golden State Triathlon down in Discovery Park 
old Sacramento. So we were building our calendar of triathlons at the same time, trying to create more of a market for duathlons and mountain bike races and just promote that multi-sport lifestyle. That's pretty much how we got started with Total Body Fitness. And now we're training and racing, offering open water swims, coach running programs, women's cycling programs, uh, a free triathlon training program for women. And as I mentioned, over 70 different races this year. Is the event a way to bring awareness to the, the training programs that you guys are offering? Or was it always a goal to have uh, training one aspect of the company and event another aspect of the company? And because it's all under the umbrella of endurance sport, they just go hand in hand? Or was it more of a marketing approach that you started adding those events? Originally, it was a way to provide a service for our customers, our training customers, as they got more and more involved in the sport of triathlon. At the time, we were taking them all down to Lake San Antonio for the Wildflower Triathlon Festival. Through the early 90s, we were taking as many as 100 people down to race that event down there. As the sport got more popular, that festival started filling up. It started getting harder and harder to both find a camping spot and to get into the race. Yeah. And our athletes wanted close local races. So we had been doing some practice triathlons for them to give them a taste. And we realized, heck, we could put on a full sanctioned USA triathlon event. So I um, went through a, a training program that at the time was sponsored by Quintana Roo and Triathlete Magazine. Included a, a weekend of seminars and lessons from other race directors down in San Diego. And then we came back and put on our first race and we realized it was a nice tie-in for training and racing to be able to link our customers back and forth and refer the people that liked our races to our training programs and the folks that were training with us to our races. So I think it originally started from a service aspect, but we realized the marketing potential for it after just a year or two, Zach. Okay, cool. So kind of stumbled on it as a marketing approach by accident, just because you, you had a focus in, in, providing a, a service to your customers. I would say that's exactly it. Very cool. And what are you guys' goals as you think about and look forward to the next three to five years? Our goal has always been to get more people involved in what we call the multi-sport lifestyle. And it has changed. The face of the multi-sport lifestyle has certainly changed in the last 25 years when used to be that if you did a triathlon, which everyone assumed was an Ironman distance, that you were a crazy nut that worked out all the time. <laughs> and now you have people coming in and, and training for races that triathlons that maybe only take 35 or 40 minutes to finish. And on the other end, you have people training for three or four months and completing their first Ironman. 
So it's really changed as far as triathlon and its perception by the public. And you've also got a bunch of new ways for people to get out and get fit. The color runs, the electric runs, the the Disney marathons, the Nike marathons. Uh, We've really seen a surge in women getting involved, which is good for us. About 70 to 75% of our customers in the training end and and now over 50% in the racing end are women. Um, So our goal in the next three or five years is to try to get more people to use a phrase off the couch and out onto the streets and trails and roads and, and in the lakes, running, biking and swimming. So get people outside and get them active. Especially in these times, these times when it's so easy to get uh, hooked on the TV lifestyle, mm-hmm. to get on the uh, sedentary, come home from work and relax and do nothing lifestyle. Um, getting outside actually gives you more time, gives you more energy. And, and that's what we try to let people understand when they come out uh, through our programs. We, we teach them that. If you work out, everything else will too. That's cool. And and what are you guys doing or how are you educating that that try lifestyle doesn't have to be working towards that Ironman distance race? Are you guys are you guys doing anything to educate an audience that maybe is still still uneducated on triathlon that it's not all about the Ironman distance? It is there are sprint races in Olympic distance that you can train for for a month or three months and, and still have um, plenty of ability to finish those races and, and succeed in those races. We are, and that message is getting out there more and more, although there's a conflicting message with the popularity of Ironman, and I'll, I'll get to that later. But what we've done just two years ago, Zach, we came up with a race. We call it our Super Sprint Triathlon. It has a 200-yard swim, a four-mile bike, and a one-mile run. It's super easy. We tell people anyone can do this. The 200 yards, we have water safety, so if you have to dog paddle the whole way, uh, our people are right there to make sure you don't go under. Four-mile bike, everyone can ride their bike, and a one-mile walk or run is easy enough that People can conceive themselves finishing it, and they can, once they accomplish that goal, they realize, wow, I did it. They can go on from there. So I think what we've tried to do to educate the public is put out these events that are not so daunting, not so challenging. Well, and, and I can speak from experience. I've So to put my cards on the table for our audience, I have a, a, a history and past in triathlon at – I. I a young age, um, but jumped out of the sport because of other sport conflicts and, um, getting back into it, uh, wasn't trained for anything like this. And so jumped into that super sprint distance, uh, to get back into it. And it's such a perfect distance for the beginner to, um, to get their hand, their, their hands wet with, um, with triathlon and, and endurance sport. And, uh, it, I really like what you guys have done with that super sprint because it is such a perfect beginner distance to say, Hey, yes, I can do this. This is something that is fun. And, and now I can maybe train for that sprint distance or that Olympic distance, um, 
by getting your feet wet with that, with that super sprint. So I love that you guys have done that. Um, Thanks, Jack. Yeah, that, that's, that's really cool. It gives them confidence. And although triathlon, everybody thinks it's swim, bike, run. And then, of course, I throw in strength training, fourth sport. But it's all physical. It's not. A, a lot of our new athletes' biggest challenge is some mental fear, often of swimming, or uh-huh. swimming in the open water, or, or just the, the doubt and negative thoughts that they're not going to do it. So having that super sprint that they come to, they conquer the fear, they conquer the race, they come away not only encouraged and full of confidence, but like you said, ready for the next challenge. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I want to transition a little bit. Um, what is What makes you guys, what makes TBF different than some other race event uh, companies or other fitness companies, endurance sport uh, training companies? What makes you guys different, sets you apart um, and, and differentiates you in this space? Um, maybe aside from just the fact that you're a uh, a company focused on that Northern California region. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, sure. That's easy. It's time and time again, the comments that come back is about the people that work at TBF, our staff, our volunteers, our coaches, our announcer, who is is my partner, Mark Shaw, uh, myself, that I remember everyone's names. How do I do it? When they come to our events, we treat them as guests and visitors and not just customers. Um, the passion that our people have is easy to see and feel. Uh, our staff that works with us, many of them, it, it's almost a, a part-time job. They come out 30 to 40 days a year and, and work anywhere from 7 to 12, 13 hours at these events. They do it because they love TBF. Most of them got their start in multi-sport through us. All of our coaches that work with our athletes started with us as athletes. And as their passion developed and grew, they became certified professionals and have gained experience and, and now have come back to TBF and work with our customers, our athletes that race and train with us. So, we have all the latest. Uh, a couple of years ago, we upgraded to chip timing. Uh, we post all of our pictures for free. We have uh, Instagram accounts and all of that new stuff. But I think what people remember the most is the smiling faces and, and people knowing their names and the feeling that we care about them. We're out there to help them change their lives for the better. Yeah. So you guys have you have that purpose driven uh belief behind what you guys are doing that this is not just an event it's not just training um to get people active but like your your purpose behind who you are as a company and organization is that uh, you really want to see people outside active and staying healthy we want to see them embrace that that lifestyle of good health of physical fitness and and the empowered performance that comes from that once they they're healthier and they're fitter and they feel better everything gets better not just their their performance in a 10k or or the triathlon but their work uh their home life their family their friends and and that's what we believe 
is is our our motive. If you work out, everything else will too. So as you guys grow and and you're trying to keep that core of who you are as an organization, um, how are you as the leadership of this company um, making sure that staff and your people and your volunteers are are always aligning with that? It seems like you guys have a real or work towards a real family feel at your events and, and probably I'm assuming the same thing for your, your training programs. Um, how do you, how do you keep that family feel as you continue to grow? Because I mean, remembering people's names is, is awesome, but how, like getting to the point where you're so big, where that becomes impossible. How do you, how do you retain that within your staff um, and and lead in a way that they are taking ownership of that same belief that you have. Well, it, it's it's going to sound like a cliche, Zach, but basically, I think it comes to lead by example. Um, when I'm at the events, whether it's the mountain bike race or our biggest triathlon, I try to be everywhere. I, I run probably seven to nine miles at the average triathlon. <laughs> From transition, I start the race. I run to the bike out. I I run to this run out. I check on our food, and they my team knows. Hey, that's Bill. He's everywhere, and they thrive off that. I think passion and energy. It, it seems to be contagious with them, and the people that a lot of it comes down to the people you choose. If you choose the right people then you made the right choice and right, they will right. go with you. We have some of our key staff that have been with us for seven, eight, nine years. Some of our coaches um, and my reg and timing director has been with us for 14, 15 years. Um, they retired from from their jobs at HP and, and Rayleigh's and now we're pretty much working full time for TBF. So from my standpoint, I, I, it's easy to retain the passion I have and share it with them. Um, at the races, they see me every event I'm there. For our training, we have some just outstanding individuals. Our women's cycling program is run by a 65-year-old retired teacher who is also the California and U.S. champion in her age group for cycling. She's finished the race across America. She's done uh, the Silver State 508, first overall female at that 508-mile race. Her passion for cycling, Dusty Dustin, is just so huge that just being around her, um, we've picked up three new cycling coaches that want to help our program just because they want to be around her and her energy. And it's the same for our triathlon coach, Henry, who is, he, he is a former secret service for two presidents and has coached kids in adult basketball all his life, uh, played semi-pro European basketball, and now has transformed all that passion and experience into helping our athletes get into the sport of triathlon. And basically, he's a full-time volunteer triathlon coach for us that has become certified in uh, running, biking, and swimming through USA Triathlon and helps us get people into the multi-sport lifestyle. 
So once you have people like that, if you keep them happy and let them do what they love to do, uh, it's easy for that passion to then filter down to the new people we bring in. That's really cool. So you guys are making sure that as you hire and bring on volunteers and staff, you are um, they're a core to why they want to work with you guys is that they are passionate about this lifestyle and about the these sports. It's easy to find that. And one of our biggest challenges putting on 70 events a year is volunteers. So way back when we came up with the Race for Free volunteer program, where we basically pay our volunteers $10 an hour. We give them a $40 voucher for a four-hour shift. They can volunteer at any of our events. They can get as many vouchers as they want. They can use them. They're transferable to their husband, to their friends. They can give them out to coworkers. And that allows people that may be not sure about racing to check it out. It allows people that maybe can't afford to do a triathlon to come out and volunteer and earn some money to race. And it gives us a chance to then offer the best volunteers further opportunities with TBF. That's really cool. And you guys are still putting that program on? It's in its 20th year. That's cool. That's really cool. I have a full-time volunteer director who, um, besides working her full-time job, she answers all the emails and coordinates everybody and comes up with a spreadsheet for every race, putting people in their times and slots. And uh, Terry's been with us seven years, I believe. Oh, that's great. So how are you? what are some marketing strategies and approaches that have brought you guys success as, you, as you've grown over the last 20 years, uh, this organization and company? and um, especially as marketing has evolved and changed so much over the last five, 10 years. And, and even more recently, things are um, changing drastically. Uh, every seems like every month. So what are you guys doing to keep up with that? Are you doing anything? What does that kind of look like for TBF? It's, uh, it's hard to keep up with it. Zach. <laughs> Back in the old days, we, we used to run uh, quarter page ads in city sport competitor magazine yeah and we'd have our listing in the schedule which was printed up and put in all the running stores and that was pretty much it and and we relied for a long time on word of mouth happy customers that are going to tell their friends Mm -hmm. we didn't do a whole lot in advertising and marketing Um, we've had of course some stories run on us from the SAC V, Sacramento Magazine, different local news stories have come out and filmed some of our races. But our strategy hasn't been hardcore marketing, let's get our name out there, let's grow, let's build, let's get bigger. Uh, and, and maybe that's unfortunate. Uh, we, we kind of are still a grassroots uh, local business. Mark lives in Roseville. I live in Rockland. We put on a lot of events here at uh, Folsom Lake, and we have a a real good relationship with the state parks as a concessionaire with them. So we have relied mostly on tell your friends, word of mouth, goodie bags at the events. Um, Recently, we've tried, of course, to get more involved with uh, social media. I have Facebook pages for Three, we have them for training, we have them for racing, we have it for our, our mother company, Total Body Fitness. 
We try to do regular posts and pictures to get our audience involved, ask them for their opinions about the events, about our finisher medals, our T-shirts. Um, I have a full-time photographer that comes out to all of the races and posts all of his pictures on Facebook, allows people to download them. And now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. So we're trying to get more involved with uh, the new rules of marketing. Um, but we're a company that doesn't have a marketing director. It's just the, the two of us and my wife, and we come up with ideas and, and try to make them happen. And that's about it. So it's a lot of trial and error and, and figuring things out as you go along. It is. We've... Uh, We've gotten away from the magazine ads. We do work with uh, Free Play Magazine, a, a local women's sporting magazine that's been around for a number of years. They come out to our events, and, and we do run some ads in there. But uh, otherwise, we try to get sponsors involved from people that race with us uh -huh. and offer them an opportunity to bring their business out to our events and market to our customers um, we've worked of course with fleet feet sports a lot of bicycle shops in the area roseville cyclery the hub rockland endurance sports the local triathlon store so working with sponsors social media i'd say those are our two main routes right now for marketing that's perfect yeah those two things those two things are huge in addition to word of mouth, but it's good to hear that you guys are um, putting a, a emphasis and focus on social media because that's where that's where attention is these days. That's that's where people people's eyes are. They're on their phones, even when they're driving. They don't even pay attention to billboards anymore. So uh, amazing, isn't it? It's it's crazy, and so it's it's important that um, and good to hear that you guys are on on social media where people's attention is. So um, within that within that social media space. Um, how are you guys? How are you guys telling your story uh, on a consistent basis? Um, we know that social media, the 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 way to be, it's important to be consistent on social media if you want to be successful with social media and, and communicating your message. And so, how are you guys storytelling on those platforms? Whether it's, I think you guys are on Instagram and Facebook, right? And and maybe YouTube. I can't remember. I looked at your website, but. Um, how are you guys storytelling on those platforms on a consistent basis that, and then, and then engaging because the social media element, it's so important not to just put out stories, but also engage with your audience. So what does that kind of look like for you guys? Well, right now I would say our biggest engagement and our biggest interactive reach out to audience is our race photos on Facebook after an event. Our photographer posts sometimes as many as, 1400 1600 pictures and the interaction the, the comments the chat that erupts from that um, is probably our most consistent interaction people know after the race okay go that night check out the pictures there's going to be more the next day more the next day so it kind of creates that uh, common return that they can expect to find on our facebook page our youtube channel is just getting started. We've done videos for our races, but it's hard to, I find, like you say, engage the audience and get it to be compelling uh, rather than just another race video. Mm -hmm. The Instagram posts have certainly created uh, 
their own following in a way separate from Facebook. And we're trying to engage our audience with those snapshots of the fun and the action that are at our events. Um, I, I posted a picture of Nate Diaz back in March when he raced our Xterra and he posed with my wife and we got about 79,000 likes of Nate Diaz, but he's not at every one of our events. Right. And so as you guys have made a push into social media as, um, and, and realize that that's an important element, are you guys seeing a return on that? Is it, are you seeing that it is, is having an impact in the growth of your company and, and in the attendance of your events and, and attendance at your training programs? Is it making a difference? Are you seeing, or is it still, um, you would point back to that word of mouth as being the thing that really drives the company forward. Um, I mean, those things can go hand in hand. The word of mouth and social media can definitely need to go hand in hand, but are you seeing a, a, a significant, um, influx of participants through social engagement? I think they do go hand in hand and I, I have seen a big benefit both to our athletes who like the, 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 the opportunity to both get in information and, and um, entertainment aspects from our Facebook posts. I know our, our women's cycling coach, Dusty Dustin has a separate group for women cyclists and is posting information, techniques about clothing, articles, food every day on there. And it really motivates those athletes to know that their coach has given them this stuff. Um, it's helped grow our women's cycling program definitely through word of mouth and social media. For our other athletes, I think in training, we've seen the biggest surge because they can look at the TBF training Facebook page and, and get updates on the workout for that evening. They can see pictures from their last workout and it provides them just another source of information. Mm -hmm. And then how are you guys creating an experience for your, your participants and your clients um, that keeps them coming back? And, and maybe more specifically, how are you, you're, you're such a purpose-driven organization with with that belief and that why that it's important to get outside and important to stay healthy and active. Uh, that's a driving force behind your company. Uh, and so how are you how are you communicating that purpose and that why behind what you do to your end uh, user, client, participant, whatever you want to call them? How are you how are you communicating that um, in those experiences that you provide for for those that audience does that make sense it does i think the the best thing that we offer and, and give to our customers that creates loyalty is the feeling of success the feeling that they have achieved their goal the the feeling that they matter um it, it's easy to go through the whole day and not get someone to tell you, man, great job. You look good. Nice run today or nice bike today. And the passion that all of our people have, Zach, it is a natural outpouring of wanting to help others and teach them and at the same time congratulate them and make them feel good about what they're doing. So 
I think when people come to our races, they leave feeling better than when they came. And I think when they come through our training programs, they not only gain knowledge and skills about the sport, but we inspire them. We motivate them. We make them realize they can do more than they thought. And and that's a change that is deep and stays with these people. Uh, we always say we change lives one at a time. And whether it's at a class or a race, once your life has been changed and fundamentally transformed, you're, you're going to remember who did that. Well, the, it's almost seems like, and I'm sure this is on purpose, but um, there's a strong, incredibly strong community aspect behind behind what you guys do. So when someone comes to a training program, they're being coached by someone who is an expert in the endurance sports space. Uh, and then they're probably also seeing that coach or that leader at a TBF event, uh, either seeing them racing themselves or uh, as a volunteer or staff member at that event. And so they go from training with that person and and seeing uh, success and growth and progress in their training with that person. And then they uh, get to and the people that they're training with in those programs, and then they get to meet and and participate and work with those people at the events. And it's, it's like this symbiotic almost uh, community aspect behind what you guys do, because it, is that kind of what's happening with, with what you guys are doing with TBF? It is. It is. And people always tell me uh, we're part of the TBF family. Yeah. And I think even though multi-sport triathlon is an individual event, you race by yourself, it has become, in a large sense, a community sport with triathlon teams and uh, gyms and clubs and women's groups and people ganging together with their friends to train and race together. It, it is something that uh, I think has helped grow the sport is that it's not that solo loner sport anymore for Ironman. It's a community healthy event that mm -hmm. anyone can do and when they realize wow look at the support within this tbf family a lot of them stay that's really cool well and that's something that within the the multi-sport triathlon space i've always noticed and and been um really appreciative appreciative of is whether you're staff or a participant um or a volunteer there's uh there's that strong sense of community and especially as a as a participant when you're racing at whether it's a tbf event or any other event triathlon wide there's a huge sense of camaraderie and encouragement um you, you can't go on a you can't do a turn at, on the bike without having a volunteer yelling at you great job um, and that's something that has always stuck out with triathlon over every other sport. I mean, sport has been an important part of my life, and I've participated in all kinds of sports throughout. But triathlon, that has always been something special about that space um, or that multi-sport space is that there is that sense of community and camaraderie and, and encouragement um, within that. It's unique. And you're racing with sometimes – world champions and professional athletes on the same course with people coming out and doing their first event. Yeah. So last question, I think we have time for one more. Um, how are you guys keeping your 
audience, customers, participants engaged and excited about TBF specifically uh, on a day-to-day basis. You mentioned that you have 70, I think, races throughout the year. So there's always something to be communicating to your audience. Here's what's coming up next. Uh, So how are you guys communicating and, and keeping them engaged specifically on social? It's a combination of our Facebook pages and our emails that go out to a e-list on constant contact and our tweets that are linked to our Facebook page on our Twitter account and then our Instagram posts. It's almost a constant, as you say, daily effort to get that message out there and to fight against the negative just daily stuff that happens to people out there with traffic and terrorism and gas prices and everything else to stay positive and focused and say, take the time to exercise and your day will be a little bit better. Your week will be a little bit more relaxed. Your life will be a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, we have to do it pretty much every day, Zach. Mm-hmm. And and so all of those ways um, combined with the help from our sponsors and that's about it. <laughs> now, as you guys are putting out email content and, and newsletter content, are you educating in those places? And whether it's a blog post or a newsletter or a, a email campaign, are you putting out um, education content in addition to updating people on what's coming next? Some of it is educational based on just my coaching knowledge and my experience. I always try to put in a little bit of call it a nutrition tip or a training tip or a race week tip. I found that if you inform and educate at the same time that you sell, everything kind of reads a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Well, Bill, this has been uh, really good. I so appreciate you being on the show and, and sharing your expertise and knowledge with us. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you or have any questions about TBF, how can they get a hold of you? We've got uh, our main website, TotalBodyFitness.com, has links to our training and racing, plus our travel websites. And they can always email me, Bill at TotalBodyFitness.com, Zach. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Bill, so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, we wish you guys the best. We'll be following along as you continue to grow and and uh, provide a healthy and active lifestyle for your audience. Thanks, Zach. We look forward to seeing you out at one of the races, one of the triathlons this summer. Yeah, definitely. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Active Lifestyle Marketer. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other Active Lifestyle brand leaders or know someone who would be a great guest on the Active Lifestyle Marketer, let us know. We love connecting with Active Lifestyle brand executives and sharing their insights and knowledge with our audience. Just send us an email at info at And lastly, if you need help telling your brand story, we would love to share how we could help in that process. Check us out at tigercreative.com. See you next time.